Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Aaron Judge warming up for game one against the Indians tonight, which takes place in about 90 minutes as Judge tries to become the latest Yankee to make his legend in October. Meanwhile, Yankees Twitter already with some legendary petty right here, posting this tweet of LeBron cheering on the Yankees 10 years ago. Tell your friend, Conan, what are your thoughts about this? I had not remembered that, but I do now. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm hopeful that he won't be. How's that? <laughs> I don't think I need to be telling LeBron what to do, but I, I think he'll be rooting for the Indians. I know he's a Yankee fan, but I think he has to put on the front for the, for the city. <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Good to be back. Cleveland's journey back to the World Series begins, as Jamel mentioned, in about 90 minutes or so. So coming up, we'll preview tonight's ALDS Game 1, give you our postseason picks, dissect Cam Newton's unfortunate word choice, and talk to DeAndre Hopkins about why it took so long as in a whole half for Bill O'Brien to choose Deshaun Watson. But first, Tom Brady expects to be without his top option tonight in Tampa. The Patriots will be without Rob Gronkowski tonight, according to Adam Schefter, as he's dealing with a thigh contusion. He popped up on the injury report, not Schefter, Gronkowski, after being limited in practice on Wednesday. As you can see, he made the trip to Tampa, and the expectation was that he would be limited tonight anyway. Well, now that expectation is that he will be sidelined with Dwayne Allen, next man up at tight end. The problem for the 2-2 two two Patriots is when that guy, Tom Brady, goes to the sideline. It's why he's some people's quarter pole MVP. New England's defense is allowing his QB counterparts to perform at an MVP level. Through four games, the Patriots have allowed 32 points per game, second worst in the NFL, and 456.8 yards per game, 60 more than any other team. And if the Patriots lose tonight, Jamel, they'll fall under 500 for the first time this late into the season since 2002 when they were 3-4. and four. Do they write the ship tonight against Tampa without Rob Gronkowski now? Um, now, usually, I mean, we've, we've seen instances where the Patriots, clearly they know how to play without Rob Gronkowski. They've had to do it before. But it's a little bit different when you're doing that and you have a defense that so far has underperformed as much as they have. And while we're not accustomed to seeing the Patriots with their back up against the wall, I think, I think tonight that they go down in Tampa. I mean, Thursday night games are already flunky anyway, uh, funky anyway for a number of different reasons, but I think this is a, a, a bit of a tough task. For See, I was already going to pick the Bucks to win tonight oh, really? before the Gronk okay. news came out. Um, you're literally asking Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia to fix this defense overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one, it's, I told you a couple of weeks ago this, was, this defense in particular was going to be a work in progress. Now they got to do it in a short week on the road against a group of skill position players that causes a lot of problems and for everybody else. really well at home. Exactly. And they're getting Doug Martin back. So now your running game in Tampa's boosted. They're going to get Deshaun Jackson more involved. Winston's got two tight ends that can beat you with big plays, not to mention maybe, you know, the most physical, one of the best receivers in the NFL in Mike Evans. So for me, I, I think the Patriots are in a hole after tonight. And, and now without Gronkowski, that margin of error becomes that much less. As I mentioned Brady's counterparts have the same stats as he does. Mm-hmm. That secondary is just in shambles right now. This is not a get-right game for New England. No, it's not. Although, even though I think they're in a bit of a hole tonight, I, I'm still 
optimistic about the rest of their season. Absolutely. Uh, big picture, I'm yeah, not big concerned. Picture, I'm, I'm not concerned either. It's down their ability to deal with Tampa. Uh, because when you look at what, at least what they consider to be the problems with these, with uh, their defense, they sound fixable. It sounds like something they correct. They, they, many of the defensive players have talked about the lack of communication and how they're just kind of missing stuff and out of place. It's not, not necessarily a question of ability, which is always good to hear. And certainly somebody like Stephon Gilmore, uh, who I also believe is a game-time decision with an ankle injury. That's what the word is. Uh, yeah. Although some would say when he is out there, that's not exactly good for New England either. But at some point, I think they're going to get that part uh, of their team together. And Bill Belichick is not about to get embarrassed week to week as their defense has been. So I have faith that they can restore themselves by the time the end of the season. Instead of this being a 2017 undefeated Patriots season, right. which is obviously out the window, maybe it's more 05, 06, where they find a way to make the playoffs, but it's pretty bumpy along the way. And all that's on tape, so tomorrow we can talk about how silly they made us look again. <laughs> right. uh, speaking of looking silly, so instead of riding high into the Lions game, coming off that big win over the Patriots, Cam Newton is dealing with the fallout from this. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches has seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and making getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like It's funny. All right, now Cam Newton, he did not address the comments that he made about reporter Jordan Rodriguez. Uh, today, but some of Cam, Cam's sponsors did address the situation, as did Cam's head coach, Ron Rivera, who you'll hear from right now. I think Cam made a mistake. Um, I understand he had a conversation where he uh, pretty much said that he had, shouldn't have said what he said. And uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, what I'd like to do is talk about getting ready for the Detroit Lions, who we play on Sunday. Now, Dan and the yogurt maker, who is one of Cam's key sponsors, announced that while Newton would still be under contract, they were pulling all advertising that featured the quarterback. Here's their statement. Uh, we are shocked and disheartened at the behavior and comments of Cam Newton towards Jordan Rodriguez, which we perceive as sexist and disparaging to all women. It is entirely inconsistent with our commitment to fostering equality and inclusion in every workplace. It's simply not okay to belittle anyone based on gender. We have shared our concerns with Cam and will no longer work with him. Gatorade, another one of his sponsors, they had this to say. Cam's comments were objectionable and disrespectful to all women, and they do not reflect the values of our brand. Gatorade fully supports women who compete in, report on, coach for, or play any role in sport on or off the field. Well, that's a lot to digest from to uh, unpack. where this has started. So what is your reaction to this entire controversy? Thought about my uncle always used to love to tell me and something I could certainly practice, which is better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And however Cam meant this, uh, whatever his intention was, I really don't care. There's no excusing it. What, what bothers me even more than what Cam said is the constant practice of, well, what about X, Y, and Z? Well, right. What about her tweets? And a lot of what, what, what about, about what this person today? said? He, this has no place in public conversation. And the fact that this even has to be discussed, dissected, unpacked, and worse, debated, is what's really alarming. This is so clearly silly and inappropriate until it doesn't deserve conversation about why. It's clearly wrong. You shouldn't have said this. And there are plenty of guys who can't break down or, or draw a route tree. There are plenty of guys who ask silly questions all the time. If you're Cam Newton, it's silly to think it and believe it. 
because it makes me wonder what kind of female company do you keep as if football and routes are akin to rocket science. Secondly, for you to say it. And he had a moment to think about it because he smiled the moment she brought up routes. Why not, as I tell you all the time, let that fish swim by. (laughs) Why do you have to say that seven years into your career at a podium? But at this point, I'm tired of trying to figure out why Cam says some of the stuff that he says. So ultimately, I just hope for his sake and anybody else's sake, when people say offensive things or when they co-sign offensive things, they tend to go on the defensive. Take this opportunity to learn why you were wrong as opposed to being anti-media or turning it into something that it's not. Enough for me. I'd rather hear from no, you. No, no. I mean, look, I think you said everything that I was thinking and feeling. But I, I will say this, is that unfortunately when conversations uh, like this start, the whataboutism does come out. But we forget that it's okay for two people to be wrong. He was wrong for what he said, and she's wrong for those inappropriate tweets. Absolutely. However, that doesn't mean she's deserving of disrespect. No, it doesn't. Nor does it mean that one excuses the other, Correct. which is kind of where we are in this place in this conversation. So uh, people have to understand that women, especially in this business, we deal with that a lot, that you get a lot of these backhanded sort of compliments. I was about to say, not to put you on the spot, does it, any of your experiences come to mind? Uh, well, you know, you're just used to... I mean, you get it every day. You're almost numb to it, I imagine, <laughs> yeah, right? On some level, which yeah. I, hate to, I hate to be numb to it because that excuses and, give it, and gives power to the people that do do it. But as I, I said to a friend of mine who asked me my thoughts and opinions uh, about this, I said it's the akin of when you tell somebody black, you're shocked that they speak well. Or you're shocked that they're articulate. It's the same thing. So if you're a woman in sports and you hear like, oh, you know a lot for a woman. That's essentially what right. he was he was saying. And some the fact that some people actually think that's complimentary doesn't speak well of what they think. Uh, what else would a woman who's a professional reporter? Of course she would know that. There's a lot of conversations that he could be in with women that he would sound funny, quote unquote, right. trying to talk about. And to me, it's like this should not be about her and her past from this standpoint. If he wants to disparage her individually, he made it directly. It's funny. It's her. funny to hear you. Talk about routes. That's fair he said game. a female, right? Which is, yeah. But it, and it's also fair. I will say going forward, uh, but now that those tweets of hers have have been exposed, it's also fair if black athletes or athletes, period, question her reporting based off what those tweets have exposed. No, that's true. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm okay with bringing receipts, but just to the right transaction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, on to the ALDS. Tonight's game one. Yankees Indians begin their series with Sonny Gray on the hill for New York. Trevor Bauer going for Cleveland. So with Bauer starting game one, which seems like a, a, a way of having Corey Kluber pitch three times in the ALCS, the Indians will have Cy Young favorite Kluber go in game two against CC Sabathia, while game three is Carrasco and Tanaka. And if we get to a game four, Josh Tomlin and Luis Severino. Here's Kluber on not getting a call in game one. They talked to me. They gave their their ideas for it and, you know, why they had their ideas for it. And I didn't have a problem with it. You know, to me, it's it's not about me wanting to pitch the first game or wanting to pitch the second game. It's about us winning three games before they do. I mean, whichever whichever way that happens and if it happens, you know, and, and we advance, then it doesn't matter who pitches when in my mind. Buster, what it is right now, <laughs> joining us from Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Indians not going with Corey Kluber in game one? Well, I guarantee you this. If the Indians lose the first game started by Trevor Bauer, uh, Terry Francona is going to be second-guessed. There's no doubt about it. But the Indians have their logic. It starts with this. They were trying to find a way 
to get all-star outfielder Michael Brantley on the roster. He's coming back from an ankle injury, and in order to do that, they had to save his spot in the bullpen. So the reason why they're pitching Trevor Bauer in game one is because then he could work out of the bullpen in game four and five. Josh Tomlin, who's going to start game four, will work out of the bullpen in game one and two. And Corey Kluber's fine pitching on regular rest in games two and five. And I was told about a month ago that the Indians' preference was, hey, if we have an opportunity, we want to pitch Trevor Bauer at home. So there are a lot of reasons why they're doing this, but let's face it, because it's different, they're certainly out on a ledge a little bit. Well, everybody's copying Francona's bullpen use last last year, so yeah, we know it seems that goes. to be a trendsetter. Uh, right. Speaking of bullpens, so the Yankees relievers were called on to pitch eight and two-third innings on Tuesday. What's the status of the bullpen heading into tonight? Jamel, the Yankees' bullpen is compromised tonight without a doubt. When we talked to Joe Girardi a little while ago, he said, look, David Robertson's not available. He just threw three and a third innings on Tuesday night. That's his career high, 52 pitches. Chad Green, who I thought had the pivotal moment in that game, coming in in the first inning and striking out back-to-back hitters, he threw 41 pitches. He's not available. And so what that's going to mean for the Yankee bullpen tonight, following Sonny Gray, they're going to need great work out of Dellen Betances, who a lot of this year, again, terrific, but down the stretch, he really struggled with his command on some days. You know, Joe Girardi will be crossing his fingers when he brings him into the game. All right. Thank you, Buster. We appreciate, appreciate you joining you, us. All right. Now let's look at Thanks, the, guys. the big picture here. According to Westgate, the Dodgers entered the day with the best odds to win the World Series 5-2 to two, with the Indians right behind them, the Astros 5-1, to one, Nationals 7-1, to one, and so on and so forth. So how you got the rest of the postseason playing out? Okay, now is this about what I want to see happen versus will, what will happen? Oh, whatever you want. Okay, I'll make it about what I want to see happen. Okay. I would love Your to cop see, out. I would love to see Houston. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Houston go to the World Series. Uh, obviously, the season they've had has been incredible to win their first division title since 2001. Justin Verlander, yes, I'm still a stand, even though gotcha. he's with another team. So, I, I and, and everything that's happened to that city, I kind of like to see them get uh, a great ending. Indians over Cubs this time. Rematch. Mm, rematch. Indians get it done. I can go down with also, that. Also, I'm picking the D-backs to upset the Dodgers. Ooh. Okay. That's, that's actually not a bold take in some respects. Well, they did own them. <laughs> not own them. They were good against them. Yeah. This season. Uh, meanwhile, guess who ran five on five today? <laughs> Excuse me. Dominated a full court Sixers scrimmage. You can the do process. that. Process. <laughs> yeah, you can. Going full board for the first time. Since surgery March 24th to repair meniscus tear in his left knee, hasn't played since January 27th. Still set to miss Friday's preseason game against the Celtics. Why do you have to do J.J. Redick like that? Hey, man. <laughs> that wasn't right. Hey, how, about, how about being J.J. Redick? <laughs> trailing for the three-pointer. <laughs> There's plenty of room for you to jump on this here Sixers bandwagon, Jamel. I saved you a spot. And in case you missed it, Ben Simmons, he can pass like <laughs> Billy Hoyle in White Men Can't Jump. I'm here. Listen, David Fisdale talked about we're not talking enough about Ben Simmons. I'm talking about Ben Simmons. Did you see him last night? I know it's preseason, but I'm just trying to get you. I'm trying to get you here. You're so I'm hype to get about you this. I'm, I'm, I, your, your enthusiasm is contagious. I'm encouraged by it. Great to catch up with DeAndre Hopkins coming off a 10-catch game against the Titans. League leader in targets with 48. We'll talk to you in a second about how you managed to Always make yourself open with so many eyes on you. But let's start with your quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Earlier today, you were talking to the local media in Houston, and you called Deshaun a general. What did you mean by that, and when did he assert command, if you will? Oh, man. Um, you know, what I meant by that, calling him a general, is the way he carried himself, not just on the field, but off the field. Everything about him has, you know, leadership mentalities. 
every everywhere he goes, lunch room, meeting rooms, everything he does, uh, you know, he, he he commands the best out of out of everybody on that field. He's constantly talking about things we can do better, uh, things he can he can do uh, better for himself as well. How does he lead in the lunchroom? Does he tell y'all what to order? <laughs> oh man, oh man, you know we just we we we're going over plays. We, we might be eating breakfast, and he might come up with something he he saw on film. You okay. know we could take advantage of the following week uh, coming up. You know or, or next game or at practice. Uh, we, we're always going over stuff. To become a better team. So I like that. Making, making use of the bacon and eggs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Gotcha, man. <laughs> well, your praise for him is gone even far beyond what you said and calling him a general. You also compared him to Michael Vick. Say what now? That was after the New England game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he must be Joe Montana now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, look, look what the kid's done. Uh, not just with his arm, but with his feet. The way he makes plays in the pocket, avoiding four players. Uh, you know, it's it's not easy to be back there, especially at the at, at the position he is at, at, at a rookie. Oh uh, man, you know, come on, it's, it's hard not to compare him to one of the best with his feet. Now, a lot of us were trying to figure out what took so long, and by long we mean one half of game one to give him the ball. But even in the off season, you were advocating for Tom Savage to start and not your fellow Clemson Tiger, Deshaun Watson. Why did you think Savage was the right way to go? Did you just not know what Deshaun possessed and, it, and you're finding out like the rest of us? Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, they came across that way. But I'm a leader of this offense, so I got to push everybody. Tom Savage was, was, was going with the ones at the time. So me being a leader, um, you know, I got to push who's ever there, throwing mm-hmm. me the ball. Um, you know, of course, Deshaun was doing amazing things. Uh, it wasn't no doubt in my mind that Deshaun was going to start or could start for this offense. But at the time, Tom was th- throwing with the one. So, um, you know, it's it's me being me, my characteristics I have gotcha. to be a leader, to push everybody. For a while, the way your career was going, it seemed like you were destined to be Andre Johnson 2.0. And I mean, going through 50-11 Houston Texans uh, quarterbacks, I mean, you've caught a touchdown pass from nine different QBs with the Texans. What does this feel like for you and for your growth to finally have somebody that's the guy? Uh, it feels good. It feels good. I've never had a quarterback that I could throw with uh, back-to-back for two years. So to be able to go into the offseason knowing who my quarterback is, for us to get timing down, for us to get some work done, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. I haven't had that. I'm going to my my fifth year now. So uh, I think it's good that, that, that we have a quarterback and, you know, he's playing at that level. He's, he's deserved it. everything he's done uh, from the offseason, from sitting back and learning from Tom, from learning from the coaches. Uh, but now it's his job and he knows that. Say, man, what's in the water at Clemson? Because uh, I want you to I want you to rank the Clemson wide receivers. All right. And, and be real. So you, Martavis. Watkins, I'll even throw in Mike Williams. We haven't seen him in the league yet, but supposedly has the potential to be as good as any of you guys. Rank the Clemson receivers in the NFL right now. Uh, man, I haven't been keeping up with the Steelers, but I'm going to say myself, Sammy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jerome Brown. He's starting right now. Okay. I, I know y'all saw the drive that he had to help them win the game for the Cardinals. Uh, Martavis Bryant at four. Adam Humphreys, Tampa Bay. Uh, at five, I'll go Sharon Peak with the Jets. Uh, I haven't seen much of Mike, but I'm sure once he get out there, he'll be up there in that top five for sure. Okay, you had yourself first. No surprise. (laughs) 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 Uh, Now, on to a somewhat serious matter. Obviously, Houston has been through a lot uh, with Hurricane Harvey and and the Texans at the forefront in terms of helping the community uh, recover, along with some of the other sports organizations there. What's the atmosphere like in, in Houston now? Uh, it's um, 
you know, it's 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 it's, it's a grateful attitude. Uh, you know, coming from myself, being a figure I am in the sports world, uh, and being a figure here in Houston, I'm grateful just to be able to have a city like Houston, uh, and that that that's, that that fights through everything. You know, a lot of people lost their homes, but they came out the next week to come watch us play. Uh, you know, it's 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 a grateful city, and it's 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 a strong city for sure, for sure. Uh, and, and you can tell just, you know, just from the atmosphere of being here, how, how people are every day, how they go about life. Uh, you know, you might walk, 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 walk into somebody at the grocery store, uh, you know, but they're not talking about the negatives that happen. They're talking about the positives and, and, and what's going to come out of it. All right. Nuke the bomb. DeAndre Hopkins. Such a great nickname. <laughs> I know, man. That, that's, that's, that's up there. That's up there. Uh, thanks so much for Appreciate joining us you, here. Patriots in Tampa. So is Gronk, although he is out, or at least expected to be out, according to Adam Schefter, for tonight's game with a thigh contusion that limited him in Thursday, Wednesday's practice, excuse me, and was expected to limit him in tonight's game anyway. Jeff Darlington, a man with unlimited knowledge. So with Rob Gronkowski out tonight, Jeff, uh, what do we expect the Patriots offense to look without him? What's their plan? They, they used to play without him over the last few years. Right. No, you're right. And, and that's why Bill Belichick always says availability is more important than ability. Once again, they're dealing with a lack of availability with Rob Gronkowski. But what makes this particularly unique is that Gronkowski did show up here, uh, 536 on the second bus. And that is unique in the sense that there was two other players that were scratched a day ago from the Patriots. They did not travel with the team. The Patriots are one of those teams that they don't travel if they're not going to play. They expected Rob Gronkowski to get here and work out that thigh injury and hopefully, I was told this morning, be able to get on the field in some uh, limited capacity. The fact that he is not there certainly does change their game plan. He's had 80-plus yards in the past three games. Now they're going to have to go to more of their unique wide receivers. This is not a situation where they have Martellus Bennett as they did a year ago. Uh, So we'll have to see how the Patriots do adjust. They're struggling uh, in some capacity on defense. They're going to have to have a high output on offense if they're going to keep up with what has been a pretty hot Bucs offense, Mike. Exactly. So the Patriots offense suffers a loss. The Bucs offense going against that vulnerable Patriots defense with a big addition, if you will. Doug Martin coming off that three-game suspension looked pretty good in the preseason, as I recall. Uh, How much of a boost is that for the Bucs offense? Mike, he looked really good in the preseason to the point where the team really felt like they had the Doug Martin of old ready to come into the season. Now, I am told by Buck sources that he will see plenty of action. One source said, hey, I don't expect him to get 40 carries tonight, but I do anticipate he will be the primary back. They feel like he has fresh legs. The one downside that the team is feeling is that because it's a Thursday night game, they didn't have any padded practices. They essentially had two walkthroughs and one game planning practice. So they didn't get the chance to get some of the rust off Doug Martin and get some hits, but they do anticipate he will be in the game early and often. I anticipate Martin seeing plenty of a workload against this Patriots defense. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot for Good delivering work out of you. that ast- very astute report. Looking like a young senator. <laughs> Keys to Success is brought to you by those that live like a pro. GMC. All right, let's delve a little deeper into this game tonight. Now, the Patriots defense, let's not sugarcoat it. It's been terrible. They've allowed 128 points so far. The only defending champ to allow more in the first four games 
was the 1987 Giants who used replacement players, so it made a little sense. And all four starting QBs who have faced New England, Alex Smith, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, and Cam Newton, they have lit them up, passing for over 300 yards. And tonight they will go up against Jameis Winston, who's topped the 300-yard mark in his last two games. Teddy Bruschi, that does not sound like a good recipe for success, that's for sure. So let's talk more about this uh, Patriots defense. From what you've seen, um, are they capable of fixing this? On a short week, I don't, they're going to have to take a lot of it out, in my opinion, because mm. watching them play, Jamel, it just seems like they don't know what they're doing. And at this point in the season, it's, it's very worrying. All Patriots fans should be worried. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, every single time, they, I see the adjustments they're trying to make, and they're attempting communication. They are attempting it. It's just that certain players aren't getting the communication. Sometimes also, you get to the sideline or you get in the meeting rooms there, Maybe during the week, even on a short week, they can say, hey, guys, you remember what we did last year or two, two right. years ago? Got we did guys. versus that adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Coach. I was, <laughs> here. Right. I was in Buffalo. Yeah. I was in Buffalo getting yeah. coached by Rex Ryan yeah. when all I had to do was match up on one, gay, get one guy, and that's all I had to do. Well, he's specifically Stephon Gilmore. You got to get Rex Ryan out of you. You got to get Buffalo out of you. Uh-huh. And you got to realize there's a lot more to do here at the, in this New England system, a lot more adjustments. And the adjustments get adjusted sometimes with motion. So if I'm lined up on a stack receiver set on the right side of the defense and then a motion comes from the other side, I got to anticipate some type of call that's going to come from someone and anticipate communication. This is the problem right now. You see McCourty trying it. He's trying it with Rowe. He's trying it with Gilmore. It's just not happening. Yeah. Later on in the game, they try to lock the bunch. Like, I got, like you got him, you got him. But then Carolina runs a quick little return route where Butler makes the tackle on a critical third and three, but it's five-yard gain. And all of a sudden, they're kicking a winning field goal. So they're attempting it. It's just not being digested properly right. from the players that they have right now. So it's a work in progress, and they can get the job done, just not on a short work week against a Tampa offense. And with, they can get uh, it done, Martin. but is it is it not until November? Is so it not clicking. until Thanksgiving? Yeah. It, it's very possible. So what they have to find out is what they have to have happen is a splash play defensively, a tip ball all of a sudden in somebody's hands, a strip sack by Trey Flowers or someone like that, that's what they'll need because fundamentally and communication-wise, they're a hot mess. (laughs) And as you know, the goal is always to get better as the season goes along. You're playing their best football by the time Thanksgiving and beyond. Thanksgiving is always a measuring point. No matter how they start. They could be 4-0 and feel the same way. Meanwhile, Gronk not feeling enough to play tonight. Uh, What kind of adjustments do you expect out of the offense? Already down Edelman, still producing great numbers, but now down Gronk as well. If I'm the Tampa Bay defense, I am looking at the running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Maybe some empty, whatever backs are active this night. Is James White out there? Is he out of the backfield? Him and Lewis together, maybe. That was always their adjustment, especially, Mike, if, if Gronk's not there. And, of course, Edelman's not there. you got another guy beat up. So then they turn to the running backs. Not, in, not, not pounding the ball, but out of the backfield, matched up versus the linebackers. And Quan Alexander is out. I think Levante Davis out. They got two safeties doubtful, too. They called up off in the practice. So floor. then, all right, let's 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 make them adjust and use our backs because they can be in the backfield and we can make, utilize them from there. So that's probably their adjustment yeah, tonight. Sounds like it's so. about to be a rough night for the Patriots. Sounds like they're about to call you the assistant coach, man. I'm <laughs> to lose you to the Patriots again. <laughs> I like my job. Man. We were like yeah. you, too. Appreciate yeah, you, bro. You, all right, but... Man, man, like it's the, it's the best team I ever played on. Um, 
Um, this is the most space I've ever seen on the floor um, ever since I came into the league. Um, I'm be playing. It look like I'm gonna be playing with a lot, without a lot of double teams or uh, without a lot of people um, loading up to me. And uh, who, who knows what that? Uh, this will be my first time experiencing that. So, like I said, I'll be able to tell you how that goes or what I see. But we only play one game, so um, I just see that's a lot of space. Man, that's really high praise, but not surprising you would say that. It makes a lot of sense. Sure, NBA team, take it or leave it, shall Yeah, we, we shall. Uh, Iman Shumpert, he left in the first quarter of last night's game against the Hawks, but he's expected to return in 7 to 10, 10 days. Now, D. Rose and D. Wade both played 15 minutes in their Cavs debut and both had seven points and a combined seven assists. Frankie Beverly. So take, <laughs> so take it or leave it, Mike. <laughs> this is the best supporting cast that LeBron has ever had in Cleveland. In Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take that. Okay. It has the potential to be. We already know that he feels like it's the deepest. They got a 29-point-per-game score and, and a guy that was on MVP balance in Isaiah Thomas on the men right now. The big gift, not that Brooklyn pick, Jay Crowder. They got Jay Crowder, so they yeah. got a versatile 3-and-D type guy that they didn't have before. You got a lot of guys like a Derrick Rose that are role players that don't have to carry anything. So, yes, this is the best team he had in Cleveland. None of that awkward sharing with him and Kyrie Irving anymore. Well, see, I, I, I got to leave this, and not because I don't think these pieces don't fit together nicely. I think they do. Yeah. You got to see it do it first. They got to see them do it. And three straight finals with that old Exactly, team. right? And, so, and then had, uh, you know, the best comeback in NBA history yeah. in the finals. So that was the group that did that. But I, I see how these parts fit together nicely. Right. But once again, I'm also concerned defensively, what does this team look like against Golden State? And, and I hear, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself because they, they do have to show it and prove it. And Kyrie Irving is no small thing to replace. I guess I'm just saying looking at an improved and more active offensively Kevin Love with the way they tweak in this lineup. And again, Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas still to come. They got potential to be better than he's ever had in Cleveland. Maybe not ever because Miami, they were pretty top-heavy, but good nonetheless. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver tells USA Today that there's nothing magical about an 82-game regular season. He said that the league could potentially look at shortening the regular season at some point over the coming years to accommodate more international games and therefore international travel. So they kind of tie it together. But take it or leave it, just the part about there being nothing magical about an 82-game regular season. Oh, I take it. Um, remember when they... Short attention span. <laughs> no, but remember when they had the lockout a couple seasons ago and when... The, the season started, which was around Christmas, and that felt right. That felt good. People complained about how the games were jammed together. Then. Yeah, um, and I'm sure they can fix some of that. Uh, as he meant, If you have fewer games, you have it planned out. That was a, a, an unintended accident and a result of, of the lockout. But I love that season just because basketball just felt much more important starting Christmas. Oh, I'm going to leave this. Get, I like. I need my 82. I need my league pass. We got too much going on right for now, some, Mike. For some franchises, <laughs> that's all they got. I know y'all want to fast forward to Cavs Warriors 4. I get that the playoffs is all y'all care about, but there's a purpose to the regular season. It's been 82 for 50 years. I'm only 38, but it's been 82 for as long as I've been alive. Jordan played 82. Oh, here we Barkley go. played 82. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Get off my lawn with this condensed season. I need my 82 games. All right. Uh, Clay Thompson is a free agent in the summer of 2019, and he said that taking a discount to stay with the Warriors is, quote, definitely something that crossed my mind. So take it or leave it. Smart for Clay Thompson to take a discount to stay with the Warriors. Ain't my money. I'll take it. <laughs> right. I mean, but you, listen, you cannot put a price on the amount of success that he has an opportunity to experience 
with this group. Durant just did it, so there's precedent. Curry had been underpaid before he got the big contract this year, so there's precedent for taking less to stay with this group. Again, it, 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 you hate to tell players to give back money, but what are you getting in return? A lot of great players, whether it's Duncan, Dirk, have done it. And Clay, I don't, I don't buy this whole. He needs his own team. Yeah, I don't I think needs he to keep stacking way. rings. Godot is not only one of the greatest shooters ever, but with a collection of championships. Yeah, I'm going to take this as well because there's something to be said for this special group and the special kind of chemistry that they have together. What he could do, how many rings he could win. I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what this is is about. Now, yeah, I would love to see Clay get paid. Yes, as, he'll you know, still get paid. He's not going to miss any meals, right. you know, based off of this. But I admire and can respect his level of maturity and not just going out here and looking for the almighty paycheck. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, <laughs> see, the way these bills work and the way his hockey stick didn't work right here. How <laughs> good job, Alvey. <laughs> See, I was just going to say, oh, boy, way to show me up, Mike. I appreciate it. Of course, that doesn't compare to Mitchell Skiba, who clotheslined himself coming off the ice. That's to be more careful. Try to turn the pace up a little bit. Try to get some steals and go. This is where they've got to score now. They've got numbers. Oh, wow. Knocked away. Smith able to track him down with that speed. And he did track him down. Matthews out, stolen again. Dunn runs in and missed it. Follow, miss. Oh, wow. And the rebound fought for. Back up, Moe again. And the rebound of Dallas. Those are blown layups right there. Point Those... blank, point blank, point blank. Yeah, on the right side, you got the Cubs and it's Trubisky time. <laughs> Blackhawks, like got all that going for you. Saturday morning at LA Fitness, that's what that looks like. Um, so Terrell Pryor says he was called the N-word by a Chiefs fan. Uh, which caused him to kind of lose his cool uh, during Monday night's game in Kansas City. NFL and the Chiefs both looking into this incident. So the Chiefs said that they have not heard anything, they've not seen anything to support this. And that's the troubling part about it. It's like, it's, it's this whole, well, show me the video or show me the audio, it didn't happen, he's lying. It's, it's, a, it's a, lot of, a lot of that response to this as opposed to, Believing that it's possible for this to have happened. Because I'm, I mean, this happens at such a rate of regularity. People shouldn't be surprised or shocked that it could happen. So it's just the level of people acting like, oh, no, before, not an NFL stadium. That's rookie level racism. It's the systemic, more subtle things mm-hmm. that people have a harder time eradicating. Meanwhile, Steelers, they're moving on from Antonio Brown's sideline tantrum that has dominated the Pittsburgh headlines this week. Vince Williams, love what he did. This is how you have some fun with it and own your truth and turn that frown upside down. The dog say he want that rematch, A.B. Nah, you caught him slipping last time, nah. The dog say he want that rematch, bruh. He say he want the rematch, A.B. Nah, ain't no sneak this time, bruh. So you think it's over? I think it's over, but I still don't think it was the right move for Ben Roethlisberger to kind of call him out publicly. I think that that's something, that's a conversation that they should have had behind closed doors. And I realize that tantrum happened publicly. I'm about to say something to be said for I, you. I do you, realize you, you that. You out when you show out. I understand, I understand that. Us. But, I, but I think it would have been maybe a little bit more constructive in their team dynamic for them to just have that conversation one-on-one. Well, thankfully, he didn't keep it going, at least right. publicly. He's, he tried to move on from it. But it is who he is, though, and I wonder when the next time Ben mix, misses him in a more critical situation that results in defeat, right. how he handles it. Uh, so Adam Gates defended Jay Cutler's lackluster role in the Wildcat during Sunday's game against the Saints. And Cutler said uh, he was told, sit there, don't get hit, don't touch anybody, don't move. I feel like I executed that one. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> That's the most Jay Cutler 
You can't afford to lose another quarterback. Play. If they wanted Matt Moore to be playing, right. they'd have had Matt Moore playing to begin with. What's he supposed to do, run a route or be like Matt Ryan? I guess you want, oh you want to gosh. see effort. This you want to see some hustle. <laughs> this is what happens when you hustle to, play, to do something that you're not supposed to be doing. Right. Why did they get so cute with it? What? It's like that's not in Jay Cutler's wheelhouse, all right? Let that man do what he does from the pocket. Ransom in Nick Saban's wheelhouse. How about story time with Nick Saban? You know, it's kind of like my dad used to tell me, you know, when I used to go to work at the station, my girlfriend broke up with me, so I was treating the customers bad. And um, he said, what's wrong with you today? And I said, my girlfriend broke up with me. He said, well, you know, you got one problem, but if you keep treating the customers bad, you're going to have two more. I'm going to fire you, and then I'm going to whip your for getting fired. So you're not going to have a girlfriend, you're not going to have a job, Hi, and you're going to get your tail whipped. That's real. That's, that's next level wisdom. <laughs> that's too real. That's next level wisdom. That's too that's real. That's doing too much in a good way. Absolutely. Yeah, but there's, there's many life lessons there. I just so. I'm sure Miss Terry's happy that it worked out this way. <laughs> right. I just so enjoy who Nick Saban is now with the media. I didn't see. I'm jealous. I didn't get that Nick Saban. Right. Like now he's comfortable. He's a championship coach. And now he's that granddad yeah, pulling out chains. Yeah. Now he's. Hey, come here and pull my finger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I have to be the first. Mellowed out. Uh, that kind of the next bad question. You're right. Uh, Major League Baseball, they're using this still image from last night's broadcast to investigate the D-backs coach, Ariel Prito, to determine why was he wearing an electronic watch? Because, you know, we've sort of been through this uh, before uh, with the Red Sox. Well, I think the precedent's already been set, right? Yeah. You're not going to come down too hard on it. I think, was it a fine in Boston? It was, but at the time, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, he did say that if someone else did this, same here, somebody got, else. Well, no, you got an Apple Watch. I got a 365 movement watch. Ooh, yeah. I just Look that up. Very useful. Meanwhile, D-Bags fan, is he, he getting cold feet? I would too. So Archie Bradley played in a run. Like he said, if he did that, he'd get his face tattooed on his Why back Why does it go tomorrow. so extreme? I don't, look, listen, I mean, and, and a triple at that, which was, the celebration was awesome. Yeah. You get what happened at the top of the next inning. D-Bags, by the way, I'm picking him to beat the Dodgers. Don't make him get the tattoo. Don't make him get the tattoo. No, you, you tweeted it, you got to live up to it. That's oh, the way it works. All right. Hey, y'all got jokes about Dwight Howard. Dwight said he's expanding his game. Yeah. The threes. Now he's going coast to coast and yamming on people. Is he going to be a point guard now? Links over Sparks in game five. Fourth title in seven years. Sylvia Foles. First player since Seattle's Lauren Jackson in 2010 to win regular season and finals in the team same year. But how about Maya Moore? I'm telling so she's you. She's never gone consecutive seasons without not winning a championship? She's won a championship every other year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy insane. stat. But congrats on one of the best rivalries in sports. Not just. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Foles? Uh, you did. I'm sorry, Foles. <laughs> um, Thank you. Uh, one of the best rivalries in sports for sure. So I wish it could have gone longer, <laughs> honestly. But unbelievable. Just, it was just as unbelievable as everybody thought it was going to be. Uh, so, Michigan and Michigan State, they're playing their first night game Saturday. And so, the schools jointly issued a statement, both ADs, uh, Ward Manuel and Mark Hollis, urging civility and respect. By the way, the, tail, the tailgate lots open at noon in Ann Arbor. Game time, 7.30. Tailgating starts at noon. We'll probably start before then. Yeah, that's going to be a recipe for civility and respect. Not going to happen. <laughs> All right, through a quarter of the season, our man Bill Barnwell, he's got Kareem Hunt as the current offensive Rookie, offensive player to you, excuse me. Tom Brady is his quarter pole MVP. Again, Brady 
likely to play without Gronk tonight, so really going to have to step up at Tampa. You agree with that? Uh, I give Hunt the MVP personally. I would too. I, I was thinking, look, I, I think a lot depends on what the Patriots record looks like as these weeks progress. Gronk officially out. All right. Who had a good day before we call it a day? All right. So Bryce Harper, he got his wife Kayla this jacket ahead of the Nats NLDS game against the Cubs Friday. The jacket features the Ohio State logo, which is where Kayla played soccer. Also, uh, he will wear custom 